Welcome to the BS Show. I'm Bob Sansevier coming to you from the Bradshaw and Bryant and Smart Start MN Studios. We are joined in the studio by Sheriff Sean Derringer from Wright County, Attorney Jeff O'Brien, and Rob Doerr of the Minnesota Gun well, give me the whole title here. I don't want to script Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus. Owners Caucus. Thank you. Your executive director, president, uh, <laughs> vice major president. domo, vice president. <laughs> yes. Who's your boss? Uh, all right. We've got a chair and a board of directors and some advisors, but our chair is Brian Strasser. Okay. Well, what I need to uh, know from all of you, and I appreciate you all coming in, uh, four bills the legislators looking at, Democratic bills, all of them damaging to gun owners. Am I, are we mm-hmm. in unity on that or <laughs> unanimity? And Sean, you had given me an overview of what they are. And it seems like they go from one thing to the next, whether, uh, you know, the school lunches, they, they, they've decided they wanted to give uh, illegal immigrants cards or licenses without putting not for voting or anything like that. So they go from one thing to the next. And the biggest issue, and I think this is where Rob would come in, can you convince one Democrat outstate to say no to these bills? Uh, the answer to that one, I, I think we can. We've been uh, very successful putting a lot of pressure on these uh, greater Minnesota Democrats uh, to the point where initially none of them had time to meet with me. It's amazing. You know, every legislator can seem to find some time in their day to meet with meet with people. But not you. D- dang it. They just couldn't find five, ten minutes to meet <laughs> with me at all. Uh, then uh, we started running ads in their district and they started getting hundreds of phone calls a day. Uh, I would walk by their desks and uh, you know see the their legislative assistants doing nothing but answering phone calls. So do you have the swing vote? Because in the Senate, there's a one vote lead, one so you vote, just have to sure. flip one. We just have one of them. We've got three of them that are that have expressed concerns with the bills. Of course, you know they're not going to tell me how they're going to vote because they don't they don't want their own side beating them up. And but I think should we be able, if we're able to keep up the pressure that we have been, if we're able to get, you know, mobilized gun owners across the state in the way to keep doing what they've been doing, that we'll, we, we've got a good chance of putting a stop to this. Well, they have to grow the seeds to say no. And they're afraid of their party because then they'll get a little support from them. And Sean, you were, uh, we were talking uh, off the air and these four bills would have a tremendous impact on not only your department, but every police related department across the state, right? I have a feeling that if the House File 14 were to pass and become legislation, I would need two additional full-time employees. And all of this, uh, according to the bill currently, there will be uh, no fee, no charges um, established within that bill. So they will have to you know, fill out the form, but then we do the investigation, the background checks, and make all the notifications to that. Essentially, um, being doing the government's job for them and then notifying the people that this private party transfer would be okay to do. Um, and that's what 14 is, transferring. Like, for instance, if I wanted to sell one of you a gun, I could just do it now without doing all this paperwork, and now there's a lot of paperwork involved. Not even just sales, Bob. It's loans as well. Uh, under this bill, you could not loan a firearm to one of us without going through this process. Well, what about family members? Are they exempt? Yeah, so they, 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 you know, the, the, the anti-gun Democrats and their benevolence have carved out certain family members, which it is okay to engage in these transfers without needing to go through this process, but not all family all right, members. Here's an example. My daughter, who's 13, uh, shot trap last year she's petite so a friend of ours lent her a 20 gauge she he couldn't do that without having filling out paperwork in the right future. yeah 
Exactly. You would have to go through these, these types of processes in order to do that. Now, that's if they leave the – well, here's an example. The gun club in Buffalo, uh, the, the, they have a, uh, a high school and they also have middle school. Middle school, there's a lot of them don't have a shotgun, but they use a shotgun. They don't have to sign out that if it's on the premises of it, right? That too. If they use it, they have to have paperwork, right? So if you're well, that's absurd. If you're at a range, uh, you know, there are some carve outs. Now they did they did carve out this bill to exempt shotguns, so uh, particularly for the for the trap okay. shooters, but still sporting rifles, handguns, you know, things like that are still part of this bill. But there are versions of this bill, another version which uh, you know, hasn't gotten any traction yet, which would require all firearms, including well, you- including the shotguns. Do any of you know if any of these people who are the authors of the bill have guns? That's the problem. They're, they're, these are bills brought up by people who don't know anything about what they're talking. Yeah, uh, at least one of them does. Uh, uh, Jamie Becker Finn, uh, who's a co-sponsor of these bills, has a uh, two seventy rifle uh, that her father gave to her. That you know, she likes. She, she's their their kind of their token gun owner. But she doesn't use it, does she? Or does uh, she? I have no idea. So Jeff, can we sue anybody? Likely. Um, some of these bills. At least one of them. What is it? The red was it the red flag? Which was the one that that's already been struck down by the U.S. Supreme Court in Heller. Uh, so that the safe storage bill was yeah. struck down in Heller. Uh, the red flag law in multiple jurisdictions has had uh, been challenged, including New York. Yeah, uh, where where it's being challenged right now, working its way through the court process. That that's what that's kind of bothersome about this, Bob. Is they know that if they that these are likely going to be struck down by the courts, but literally this is more of the majority party just checking a box off as, hey, we did this, we did that. We don't care, you know, what the, you know, if it's going to actually be constitutional. We don't care if it's a good, you know, good policy. We promised we'd do it, and we're going to do it. And, um, you know, so if 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 any of the, I'm I'm hopeful that Rob's efforts and I, and I know that that Sean and other sheriffs have been speaking out against these bills. Um, you'd think that law enforcement saying they don't want that they're against these might register with some of the elected officials but if they do if somehow any of these get through i have no doubt that there will be lawsuits challenging the constitutionality of these it, it only will have an impact and sean you would know the uh the sheriffs in the counties where these democratic senators are it's the swing votes that you have to get pressure on those people because yeah. you saying it i mean in, in Wright county i'm sure everyone's on your is agreeing with you yeah, well, I don't think everybody, uh, but certainly the vast majority of the people in Wright County would certainly be uh, opposed to all of these. The problem is, is I think you're totally right, is, you know, even in these bills, it talks about pistols and military assault weapons. Which means what? Define that. There is no definition of that. And so is it every semi-automatic rifle that's painted black or it has black furniture on it? Um, they just, they, they have a lack of understanding of what these, these weapons actually are. Well, and, and even just going down that avenue from a public safety standpoint, every year in Minnesota, there are uh, fewer than five and on average three rifle homicides a year. So, and that includes all rifles. That's target rifles, hunting rifles, or these, you know, quote unquote, military style rifles. You know what they should do? They should go into uh, the legislature and just from a show of hands, who believes AR stands for assault rifle? (laughs) Everyone who raises their hand should not be allowed to vote. 
it is funny. Um, uh, Representative Matt Bliss, who represents uh, up in the uh, Bemidji area, Clearwater uh, County, he introduced a bill, uh, you know, sort of in jest, but it requires any legislator introducing a bill of, uh, that uh, about firearms to have a permit to carry, to have taken DNR hunter safety, and to pass a test. I don't on, think on that's up, that, that absurd it's as it may seem. Yeah. No, it, it isn't. It isn't. And by the way, do you uh, do most people is Armalite the uh, that Armalite is what? The AR stands for right, Armalite, Armalite rifle. rifle. Yep. Many people own an Armalite. Is that a? It's not a mainstream brand, is it? No, no. I, they they went under, and the design was sold to uh, sold to Colt. Uh, so they they had the the Colt. Colt is so the now only, it's a collectible. Yeah. yeah well, right. Uh, Colt is the only one who can actually manufacture a true AR-15. AR. Uh, the the style is normally what you know what it's, that they talk about. Yeah. Yep. And you know what? Let's um let's take a quick break because I want to come back and ask Sean about you're probably already looking at what the headaches could be with the if the red laws did go through because that's a red flag laws any neighbor dispute it could happen and that's just right. the stuff it's 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 crazy what these Democrats are trying to do all right we'll take that quick break and be right back not all Democrats just the ones in the legislature be right back. <laughs> We are back with Sheriff Sean Derringer from Wright County, Rob Doerr from the Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus, and Attorney Jeff O'Brien. And we're talking about all the things the legislature wants to do. Four bills. Now, Sean, you could run them down quickly, right? You don't, The numbers are not as important as what they are. One is the universal background check. Fourteen. Yep. One is the red flag laws. Fifteen. And what are the other two again? 396 and 601. 396 is the storage uh, bill. Please and- explain a little more about this dopey bill. The government is trying to tell you what you can do with property inside of your home. It's insanity. They want you to store the gun in one lock case and the ammunition in another. In another. Which yes. means you got no shot, no pun intended, if somebody <laughs> breaks into your house. Oh, let me get, I got to get one and I have to get the other. Pun accepted. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last one is the duty to report. Uh, you have 48 hours to report if a firearm is stolen from you. That's the only one that I don't have a problem with because I'd want to report it immediately well, about course, knowledge. But the government doesn't need to tell us that because, again, it's just aimed at law-abiding citizens. Somebody yes. that's already operating well, with a stolen firearm isn't going to report that that gun is stolen. No. And, and I don't know of any other crime in or anywhere else in Minnesota law where we punish a victim of a crime for failure right. to report that crime. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a ridiculous presumption to put on the person that, hey, we are going to charge you with a crime if you don't immediately report being the victim of a and crime. do they really yeah. think that any of the criminals out there with guns are going to listen to a single one of these? Absolutely not. That's the biggest joke about this. Yeah, that's the that's, biggest, yeah. That's exactly. why law enforcement is not supporting these bills on its face, because, again, it's just a target for law-abiding citizens. But the one immunity that 601 does offer oh. is uh, if you do report your firearm is stolen out of your nightstand and it was loaded, uh, you will not be prosecuted for the storage law. Oh, so, well, you know what? It makes it easy for the criminals. They don't have to go looking for the ammunition oh, then if you yeah. do that. It's it's staggering that these people come up with some of these things that they want. One of them that drives me nuts is, and a lot of people are upset about it, I can't afford to pay for my kid's lunch. So they're doing universal lunch. How about putting that money? Most of the districts in the state, the school districts, that are struggling financially, it all can be traced to not enough money they call it cross-subsidy. It's for special ed. Special ed is vital, but the federal government and the state government are not giving the money they should to fund that. 
And that's why these schools are dying and going to the people and saying, we need another referendum. How about putting the money to that so that all, all of our property taxes won't go up? That was, I, I think it was uh, my state senator, Eric Lucero, put that out this weekend that, you know, this is there's very strict re- parameters on what that money can be used for, the school lunch money. And he said, there's better ways to use this than paying for kids that whose parents can afford to, to pay for their lunch. Well, and, and, and that issue in particular, that just goes to kind of feed the union beast because, you know, the, the lunch programs, the, the people who make the lunches, they're union workers. Mm-hmm. The people who deliver the lunches to the schools, tr- uh, you know, Teamsters, they're union workers. Hey. So it's, it's, it's all just bolstering more. Well, you know what? Let's money. leave the uh, cafeteria <laughs> workers out of it because I have done several stints in the cafeteria. Those people work. They work. I'm not disparaging <laughs> I, them I, at all, but if you're, if you're now forcing schools to provide m- meals for everybody, half of which are probably probably going to end up in the garbage anyway. You're going to need more employees, and, and that's that's a, a lot of what, what they like I to, did to get spend. a kick out of our Lieutenant Governor, Peggy Flanagan, tweeting out about arguing that this was good because, you know, having kids having full bellies are going to help them learn better, which is rich coming from someone who admittedly had a 1.75 GPA in high school. <laughs> is that right? Yes. It's like, it's, and, and, you know, because she's talking I about she was beneficial school lunch. <laughs> I'm like, that's not exactly the best argument for this. <laughs> wow. I, I, oh, I, I not to ask the question about the red flag laws. I mean, do you get a lot of calls now from just neighbor disputes? Yeah, and that's I, I think that's my biggest fear with it, is this law without due process parameters put in place will be weaponized. They'll be weaponized against our own loved ones uh, because we see it all the time right now in disputes that are currently happening. Children are actually being weaponized within the relationship for mom's purposes or dad's purposes. And so now this is just going to become another avenue that's weaponized against a loved one uh, because it's important to them and they're going to use it against them. The other thing within the red flag law is now we as the law enforcement agency are going to have to become a, uh, a storage facility for all of these weapons. Once these guns are turned in, uh, then they're going to be turned into law enforcement. At least that's one of the avenues. And so now I already don't have room uh, to store everything that I need to. Now I need to come up with a storage facility. Um, you know, you could have one person that's got 40, 50 or 60 guns or more. Oh, okay. I might have to find I'm going to have to find a storage facility for those uh, it's, for the duration. You're of absolutely this right. I mean, there are people who they, states hundreds and hundreds of guns. Some of them never even shot. So they're right. you're right. There's a ton of people with a lot of guns. Well, not and, just any storage facility. You're going to have to find something temperature controlled, humidity controlled. Correct. Otherwise, you know, the, da- the guns will get damaged, and now you're liable for that. And then what I found interesting also within that same law is if they do turn their guns into a uh, federal firearms uh, licensed dealer, before that dealer would be able to just, it's not like, hey, the order's over, it's expired, the next day you go back, pick up your guns. That FFL is going to have to go through all of the same paperwork and forms as if they're taking those firearms out of their own inventory. It's right oh in the law. Oh, my God. That's so the, the insanity do you to have these to, laws. Do they make you reapply to get your guns back? I mean, do you have to get another? You have to fill out all, this, all, all the those forms like again? You're buying that gun brand new from a uh, FFL dealer. Oh, my God. So you can hear, see the problem here is not only are these, these laws potentially very likely infringements on Second Amendment rights, and we'll end up in court on those grounds, but we were, you were mentioned before, Bob, about you know, the, the, the spent, you know, funding for schools. We're now going to put a bunch of unfunded mandates onto our law enforcement agencies that are already strapped for personnel and resources in fighting you know, what, you know, the, all the, 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 you know, the crime outbreak going around. It's a it's a double whammy, and it does nothing to help public safety. Now, is, Rob, no. does does the gun caucus? Are you ranking them, or it's 
t- a tie across the board. <laughs> I mean, of the ones that, which one is most concerning to you? I, I would say that the the red flag law has the one that has the largest potential of uh, of disastrous outcomes for the average gun owner i think um the average gun owner stores their firearms safely they keep them unloaded from children which is already current law by the way you can't store a loaded firearm where a child can access it so like this the entire premise of this law is unneeded uh the average gun owner when their guns are stolen they report them they report them as stolen because they either want their guns back or they want it to file an insurance claim for them uh the average gun owner when they engage in private you know when they loan people they don't knowingly loan somebody a firearm who who's a prohibited person which is also currently against the law but the one that i think is going to have the most detrimental impact on gun owners is the red flag law because it allows a wide array of people or ostensibly any individual through a complaint to law enforcement the ability to have to have their firearm seized and it's through a secret court process it's called an ex parte process where the the court hearing happens with only one side presenting information so, so it's, it's a given it's going to be taken away well what judge wants to be wrong on that you have somebody show up here there and say uh say hey uh this guy is about to engage in a mass shooting or he's going to hurt himself or he's going to kill somebody. Uh, uh, they, they keep saying it's going to reduce suicides. So only one side shows up, presents their information. A judge, of, of course, is going to issue it. I mean, what judge okay. wants to get that wrong? Are they going to take their car away, too? Because that's, <laughs> that's a source of suicide for you, people. Uh, you, you must have seen my testimony because I say the, the, the whole premise of this bill is that somebody's suicidal. They're going to kill themselves. They get the secret court order. Uh, the sheriffs come up in knock on their door say hey you know we've got this order uh, order we need to we need all of your firearms so then they leave all the knives in the kitchen they leave uh you know medicine cabinet full of pills they leave a ford f-150 pickup in the in the garage rope in the shed and but they they act like the crisis is over because the individual is no longer has a firearm uh, it doesn't actually address the person in crisis. And in my in my opinion, if somebody is in a legitimate mental crisis, having a secret court order issued against them where the government comes and seizes their property is only going to exacerbate well, their issues. It's sh- not going to make any sense. Sean, I'm, I'm sure your department has dealt with a number of fo- calls about suicides, and they're not all gun-related, I'm guessing. No, they're not. The other bad thing with it is it expands the people that become ineligible to possess. Those going into treatment now can become ineligible to possess firearms and um so they'd be less likely to go into treatment absolutely well absolutely to include cops and that's 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 the worst thing that i think they did in this this bill is they in the when it was before the minnesota house they accepted an amendment to allow mental health professionals to petition for red flag orders yes and they also allow in that bill for mental health professionals to share with the courts what confidential yeah. information right it, it's so what, none so, of your cops or any cop will ever they seek will help. never seek help again and we are just starting to overcome that hurdle in our industry to realize that it's sometimes okay to not be okay and to seek well, help. what if somebody okay ptsd would be seeking help absolutely. that would be out it, it, oh my god absolutely could fit the parameters it's 100 so it, could anyone in the national guard absolutely and when I went through skills to become a to you know to get licensed as a peace officer, they put a huge emphasis on self care, on recognizing that you need help. Don't don't go to the bottle, don't bottle yeah. it all in. Find some outlets, find people to talk to. That was all yeah. a huge focus. If I, as a gun owner and as a police officer, am worried that me going and seeking mental health treatment will now be used as a mechanism to to take my firearms away, I'm significantly less likely to seek treatment that I may of need. Of course, because. Yeah. 
because I'm worried that it's going to be oh, used against me. And Dolts. see, they also, they also constitute that everybody would buy. I'm pretty sure that I have three or four or five guns that my wife probably doesn't even realize that we have. So they're just making an assumption that when law enforcement would knock on the door that they're going to turn over all of their guns. They're just making a lot of assumptions that they think, well, this problem's just going to go away. It doesn't go away These because people. how is law enforcement going to recover, you know, three or four of those guns that nobody else knows that Which they Which goes to have. what we really need to be focusing on is treating the, yeah, treating the people, treating the person in crisis, yeah. not operating under this false premise that if we try to restrict an access to firearms that all of a sudden they're okay well, and you know, we, no we longer need, a danger. What we need to focus on is making sure that not all three parts of the gov- state government are controlled by the same party. <laughs> That's what needs to happen. All right, we got to take a quick break. Be right back with Sean Derringer, Sheriff in Wright County, Mr. Rob Dewar. Yeah, I know you were peace officer. You should have given us some background there. <laughs> Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus and Attorney Jeff O'Brien is going to sue everybody for him. All right, we'll take that quick break. Be right back. We are back. Sean Derringer, Wright County Sheriff, Rob Dewar, Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus, and current or former cop? Uh, I was never a sworn officer, but I did work for for a county sheriff's office. What does that mean? <laughs> I went through all the training to, to go through and be a sworn peace officer. Okay, but you didn't. I didn't actually work. Uh, yeah, I worked in other capacities within the, the sheriff's well, office. Well, that's, that's good. I thought you were going to tell me you were a mall cop. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> and attorney Jeff O'Brien, like I said, who's going to sue everybody. Mm-hmm. Now, Sean, right now, your department, I know that you oversee uh, when people get a carry permit. Uh, what other things do you oversee for guns? Is that, in terms of having a, a department devote, you could have to have five different departments if all these things went through. Yeah, I mean, it, I think that it would all uh, still come under the permits. Uh, basically, we do all the permit to purchases and permit to carries. And so uh, I have two full-time people. That's all they do. Another half-time person that comes in when uh, they get backlogged the last couple of years, depending on what's going on with our current political situation, uh, that ebb and flows a little bit, but those two uh, people work hand-in-hand hand with the county attorney's office almost every single day because it's already an extensive process getting through a background uh, check and doing all the paperwork, and there's some things that are really quite clear as mud, to be honest with you, so we reach out and talk to the county attorney's office all the time getting uh, their opinions on things. Well, I had to renew mine, and my son got his first one, my second son, and I tell you, the process, those people you have are terrific because they're, they're great to deal with, and they do get it through pretty quick. Yeah. We, uh, I mean, that's obviously, yeah, that's important to the people that we serve and uh, we're going to continue to make that a priority, which is terrific. Now I know that, uh, I'm a gun owner. Sean, of course, is a gun owner. Rob is Jeff. Do you have any firearms? We're in the process of getting some good for you with with this, with the trifecta. I want to be armed. Get it before they ban it. Yeah, exactly. Now, Sean, I got to ask you, uh, tomorrow, the Buffalo High School basketball team is taking part in a state tournament, playing Lakeville North in a first-round game. Will the Sheriff's Department have a presence there? Usually there's, you know, officers from the local community. Will it just be Buffalo uh, Police Department, or will your department have any... Uh, 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 like celebrating when they come back into town? Well, or no, I mean, will you have... the, the, the tournament? Have you been... Will you be at, I mean, I know you have liaisons at schools. Will you be at the tournament, or anyone be at the tournament? I um, think the Sheriff should be there <laughs> uh, the sheriff's got lots more meetings this week so the sheriff will not be there uh no typically we would not be there in in that capacity um obviously we have a mou with the u.s bank stadium yep. for all the minnesota vikings games it's kind of cool for Wright county people to show, see their their hometown guys and gals uh when they're down at a football game but that's the only one that we have right now so currently. how many how many of your officers put in for that one uh is it seniority lot. based or does it rotate no nope, it's uh first come first serve 
regular basis, but we have about 20 to 22 slots for every home game. And oh, so oh, really? We have no problem filling Wow. Those. Yeah. Well, how many officers do they have at the games beyond, you know, just Wright County? Several. <laughs> wow. I know it's, you know, tactical right. discussion. You don't want to get into too it's many classified, Bob. <laughs> you know, I, sh- I should mention, Bob, since we're talking about the, the Buffalo, the, the boys team in the state tournament, we're Wright County. The St. Michael Albertville girls basketball team won the state 4A tournament this weekend. Yeah. Wonderful for them. Yeah, they beat the number one ranked team in the state. Good for them. Yeah, and so we've uh, okay. Jeff, Wright County's all over everything. Pretty, pretty spectacular. Jeff, I'm going to give you your opportunity to talk about the Tommies. Uh, what the Tommies did to was it Merrimack? Yeah, it, it's just like one of those seven degrees from Kevin Bacon thing here. So Farley Dickinson, the school that knocked off Purdue, Fairly Dickinson, what, fairly ridiculous the school that what knocked we off it. Purdue, the number one seed. <laughs> And lost to Florida Atlantic. Had been in, they were the second place team finisher in their conference because Miramac, the school that was the conference champ, is in a situation like St. Thomas where they, now they moved up from Division Two to Division One, and when you do that, the incident delay requires you to go like on probation for several years yep. so you can't go to postseason play. So Miramac is still under probation, so they can't go to the tournament. So Farley Dickinson, Fairly Dickinson, <laughs> gets the, 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 the bid and goes to the the, the, the tournament. Well, St. Thomas, of course, is also on probation, having moved up from Division Three to Division One. I think they've got another three years of probation. Um, they beat Merrimack in the regular Ooh, season. Beat so. Merrimack, who beat FDU, who beat the uh, yeah, number one so three, wow. It's another three years. We may actually get a Minnesota Division One team back in the 64. Nice. Yeah. All right, now I want to uh, just ask uh, Sean and Rob, so are these imminent, the votes on these things, or is it still, when would a vote come on any, would they all be like, vote on this one, vote, you know, all four in a row, or? Uh, No, what we have seen happen, what I anticipate to happen, is that they will be buried in an omnibus bill, and we've already and actually we have a hearing coming up on Friday um, uh, of this week in the Senate Judiciary Committee of the governor's budget bill, which includes these bills, but also includes some things that haven't even had a committee hearing yet, including a magazine limit of 10 rounds and then um, a uh, raising the age to own all firearms to 21. Those are two proposals that the governor is putting forward. And uh, those are those are tied to four billion dollars of public safety funding. So funding our courts. The Department so they're of trying Public to bury them. Yeah. Well, they're, well they're, I think what they're doing is they're giving political cover to these greater Minnesota Democrats who can say, yeah, I didn't support those gun control bills, but we needed to fund our corrections and we needed to fund the Department of Public Safety. So uh, it, it's going to be really important that we put a lot of pressure on segmenting out those votes of the gun control bills. So th- this, that's what I'll all be working on uh, th- this week. But I think that's probably what they're going to try to do is they, they probably don't have the votes to pass them as standalone bills and uh, they'll get bipartisan opposition. Position, but they would love to paint Republicans as voting against funding prisons. Public, of course, public public safety. Safety. They, yep. of course uh, they will. And, and the Republicans, will, of course, will vote no because they, there's you know extreme gun control bills in, uh, buried within it. Uh, but they'll paint them as being against public safety because they voted well, down the budget. All I can say is I'm disgusted by it. And Jeff, the conversation we had a couple of weeks ago, we need to get annexed to uh, South Dakota. <laughs> I know. Right. We get that greater South Dakota movement going. We're going to take a quick break. BS show be right back. Praise the Lord. Pass the ammunition. Praise the Lord. Pass the 